0: by strange noises in the middle of the night. Welcome to the Slush Podcast, the only place on the internet where we cover Ghostbusters to baby diapers, and everything in between.
1: How's it going, Cora?
0: It is, it is going. We just hit our four-month sleep regression, which has been quite challenging. Um, but other than that, I guess it's been going pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's been pretty crazy. I feel like Bennett just stopped crying altogether, and he just screams now. Completely just screams.
0: He goes from whimpering to a full-fledged scream, and there's nothing in between. It's like he found his voice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the crazy thing is, is when, like, he's... He'll just be sleeping, and you're watching the monitor, and everything's fine, and he'll go from asleep to screaming immediately without anything in between, like, leading up to it.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It says
1: online it's because he's, like, experiencing loneliness because he's becoming more cognitive. So when he wakes up with nobody there, I guess he's just freaked out, apparently.
0: Oh, that's so sad.
1: I know. But it is what it is. At least developing and all that stuff, all the fun things. Yeah,
0: we're in the phase one of leap four, which is irritability and crying a lot and wanting to be comforted a lot and things like that. So, it's great. We're we're just chugging along.
1: <laughs> I feel bad for you because I won't start my pet leave until March. So, you still have like 2 months left of being alone during work hours every single day with Bennett. But it's
0: crazy cuz there's only 2 months left.
1: True. That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But the January is going to be a rough month, I think. Um Apparently, it's supposed to get better in February. The leap will be over. He'll develop new skills. So, uh, yeah. That's all. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's true, though. I mean, we just watched those videos about how, like, when their brains are starting to, like, become more cognitive, they start reaching for your mouth and stuff. And I noticed Ben, uh, in the past four days, has been, like, as soon as I put my face close to his when he wakes up and I'm like, hello, baby, how are you doing? He's just like.
0: Touching your face. Yeah. He's like
1: reaching into my cheek. and like doing this and like poking me in. And it's really weird because I feel like I was telling you this before we started recording, but it's almost like a robot that has become sentient. And now he's like discovering all these little weird things like, oh, you have, what is your mouth for? Why is there a hole in your face? How are you? Am I making that noise too? And then it's almost like he's screaming just to see how loud he actually is now. It's really weird.
0: Yeah. And he babbles so much as well. I went out today with my mom friends. We go out once a month uh, for brunch just to chit chat without any babies, without any husbands, just the three of us talking about what we're going through in that moment, I guess. Which is great. Yeah. Honestly, like it completely changes my mood, it like lifts me up. Having mom friends that you hang out with without children around is so important. Um, And each and every one of us look forward to it. And it's funny because the things that you think you're going through all alone, you're not. Because for example, Bennett won't let anyone put him to sleep right now. And it's really challenging because I wake up with him, uh, I put him down for naps, and then that continues all day into the night. Whereas only a couple of weeks ago Matt was doing all of the uh bedtime feeding and the bedtime cuddles and everything. Know, and while I he did it. that, I, really I used to like do things for myself, like have a bath or just go on my phone and be a zombie. But it's my time for me. And now now I don't get that and I felt so alone in that. I'm like, oh my god, am I doing something wrong? But then I go to this mom brunch, and I explain to them what's happening. And then one of the other moms, Chelsea, tells me that her son, Henry, will only let her bottle feed him. I or... mean,
1: it makes sense, right? Because we were reading about how they can smell you. The baby can literally smell you from three feet away, yeah. so he knows when it's you. I liked putting him to sleep. It was really nice, because I have to work and drive back to uh, It and I don't get home until, like, 6. And then he has to go yeah. to bed at, like between 7 and 7 30 or 8 so it sucks yeah I liked having that time but I feel bad for you because it's almost like he's so attached to you now like so attached to you and it's sweet but it's also like I don't know I watched the baby monitor and I'm like my god I don't even know what Cora can hear right now because he's. I can. He's screaming, <laughs> and I can hear it through the monitor, and I can hear it through the house, like a floor down on the other side of the, the house. So, and you're just like,
0: uh, it's like you're in some <laughs> yeah. mom's
1: zen or something.
0: Honestly, you have to like get yourself into a almost like. How do I describe it? It's almost like the you force. just stare. You just stare ahead, and you're like gonna be okay and you just kind of try to block out and ignore everything that's going on around you just so you can get through that moment because if not he just gets so frustrating um
1: yeah and plus because he's it'll be over eventually like he'll be on to the next crazy thing and that's when yeah when Corey gets really upset or burnt out i'm like someday he won't be a baby <laughs> yeah you know
0: yeah and yeah, it it happens, but going on those mom brunches are definitely, like, like today, I didn't feel burnt out, and I didn't feel overstimulated when I was putting him to bed, whereas the day before, I got very upset and, like, emotional because I just wanted it to end, I didn't want to continue to be putting him to bed, I just wanted him to go to sleep and for me to have my own time, so... It's almost like a reset, but when I was gone, Bennett got really upset with Matt.
1: Oh, that was today, yeah. See, we're starting to do... What we're doing is starting to to, do me taking over more stuff, but because I know that when I start Pat leave, we can't just cold start Bennett into just me taking care of him more than Cora. So we're going to start doing... We just, just... it's a test today. I did put him to sleep, but he only slept for like 40 minutes and he fell asleep on my chest and I couldn't move. I was, was it nap trapped?
0: (laughs) Yeah, nap trapped.
1: I was nap trapped, but it was brutal. I had to put my feet up on like the crib and my back was on the bed and he was on me and I was like, how did this happen? Because I didn't think he would go to sleep. I genuinely didn't think he'd go to sleep. I thought he would just cry and cry and cry until he was so tired that he would eventually fall asleep, but... He fell asleep once I did the rocking thing on the bed, and uh, I was nap trapped. And then once he woke up, he just went bananas. Like, he just screamed and screamed and screamed. I tried everything until Cora came home, and I was like, here you go. And then as soon as Cora took him, within 30 seconds, he he was just like, oh, oh, there you are. Yeah, it's fine now. I, I just I just need you.
0: I came home, and he was losing it, like, so upset. And I picked him up from Matt. I took him from Matt, and I hugged him, and I told him, Mommy's here, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. And he did calm down. But and we eventually, the three of us, laid on the bed and read a book together. And his eyes were so puffy. He looked like he was having an allergic reaction or something. I know. his eyes were so puffy from crying. I felt bad. But, he look, kept looking, he was looking at me, and, like he's teething, so obviously his hand is in his mouth. But his hand is in his mouth, and he's just babbling away to me. Like he is telling talking me a lot. He's telling me everything that happened while I was gone. I know. and in be, in between his babbles, he'd go, because <laughs> he cried <laughs> so hard that it, like, Did the You get the crying hiccup thing that happens. I just picture him uh,
1: being like, and then we watched the YouTube video with the dancing fruit, and then we went upstairs and looked out the window at the snow, and it's none of these bad things, but he's almost like he's retelling it like it's a crime scene or something.
0: Yeah, and, like, you could tell that he was still very emotional, but he was excited I was home because he would smile, but it looked like he partially wanted to cry because he was, like, just, like...
1: He was so relieved to see you. It sucks, yeah. too, because... I mean, I have accepted it, because I know that babies have a special bond with their mom. Like, obviously totally get that. But it's weird, because I was putting him to bed for so many weeks by myself. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Like, I thought that it would just continue. And then I feel once like we like I was hit... so spoiled. No, <laughs> it was like... I thought that... I thought that it would just stay like that. And then once we got to, like, week six of me doing it, suddenly... He just did not want to do it anymore. He was just really. To be fair,
0: to it. he got sick with a <clears the throat> yeah. cold, and that made him a little bit more of a mommy's boy. And then now we're progressing into leap four, and one of the things is that he gets really clingy. So like all the things are kind of adding up to make him not care about you and want mom more. Yeah. But today proved that you can put him to sleep. Um. We just need to be extra prepared next time. Um,
1: Yeah, we will. And it'll be fine. We're doing another test tomorrow morning where you're going to go to breakfast with your sisters. And, you know, we'll get there. That'll be in episode four. It'll be like, did we survive this or not? We should just do at least an episode every three weeks, I think. Yeah. But that's why we were going to talk about this. Because we haven't done a baby chats in a couple weeks just because Bennett was sick. His thrush Mm -hmm. was crazy. Thrush is a whole other thing we can talk about when we get into breastfeeding, but it's really doing podcasts. I mean, it's easy because we just sit in front of the camera and talk for an hour, but to find one hour to talk after dealing with all the other things all day is really hard to do, it turns out.
0: Well, I mean, you spend all day taking care of a baby. When they're awake, you have to be excited and, like, tummy time. And he doesn't really want to do it, so you have to be extra excited for him. Yeah. And then when you put him to sleep, you have to be, like, swaying him back and forth and, like, trying to calm him down. And there's so much energy that goes into taking care of him at every stage of his day that by the time you have an hour... To do a podcast episode, you're like, I am so mentally and physically exhausted. I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk. I, I just want to like be a zombie on my phone or something. And
1: that's why I w- I started the podcast so we could have. I knew we wouldn't be able to leave the- our house for a long time. I mean, we do leave, but not like be social butterflies or anything, or go to the movies like we used to. Um, it was just a little portal for us to communicate with the rest of the world from our basement. Um, And I knew it would be like that, but it's funny because other, other guys I've talked to were like, oh, I don't know if I mentioned this in the other podcast or not, but one guy was like, oh, you know, I barely sleep anyways at night. Like I usually can't fall asleep, so I could probably be a parent. And I'm like, it's a little different, dude. Like, it's not like you're not sleeping because you're watching YouTube or you ate something that hurt your tummy or you just can't fall asleep. It's like different like you you have to be pretty alert and very aware of everything that's happening with your baby like the sounds that they're making because you can read them if something's actually wrong because after a couple weeks and months you start to know their what is it the cues um like different sounds they'll make if they're sick or if they're angry or if they're hungry or if they're irritable like all these things sound different so you really have to be on high alert all the time. Yeah, you're not
0: just sitting in bed being like Bleh. you're yeah. taking care of a little person yeah. who can't advocate for themselves. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you know if they're sick or not. They can't they can't even change their own bum. Like they can't feed yeah. themselves. They can't do anything. Like you are their lifeline. And being responsible for another human being that is so vulnerable is Really stressful. Oh, yeah. It's way different. Anxiety inducing. It's different than
1: anything that anybody has ever done. Um, And And all the other things. What's that?
0: One thing I just think about all the time is, and I know I've mentioned this in episode one, is I wish I had supported my mom friends a lot more than I did. If I had just known how absolutely difficult like the hardest thing i've ever done in my life was be a mom yeah well, there's <laughs> and no if way I had of knowing, knowing you know yeah yeah and it just like makes me feel a little sad in a way because i i could i should have been there more for them but i had no idea what they were going through
1: yeah that's the thing people who, who don't have kids they don't know i mean uh, you know folks can adopt kids and, and whatnot too but If they they start as soon as they're newborn, I think they would get a good taste of what it's like, you know, as as a baby, as a human is developing their brain, it's pretty intense because it's nothing like in the movies or the TV shows at all, not even remotely close. Like, it's a joke, actually. And I've seen a lot of movies and TV shows, and there's nothing I've seen that's half or a quarter the realism of what it's like in real life because... There's things that when you learn them, when you're becoming a new parent, that seems so clear as you're reading them on paper and then experiencing them. But you realize you never see it in movies and TV shows like that. Nobody ever really points out these leaps that they take in their brain uh, developmental stages and like what they're going to be doing. And I don't know. I wish somebody would make a movie that was baby accurate like that. Or maybe there is. If there is, somebody leave a comment below. And it's not Look Who's Talking Now where they start talking. It's a great
0: movie, though. <laughs> yeah. I can't see a movie being realistic, to be honest. I'm flying around
1: topic. What?
0: Working Moms was a really great TV show. That's um, what I
1: picture your mom brunch is like. You're just being crazy.
0: <laughs> There's no alcohol involved. Yeah. So, not that crazy. But I, I watched Working Moms when I wasn't a mom. So now I want to go and rewatch the se- the whole series to see what kind of perspective I have now being a mom. Um I think I'll look at the whole show a little bit differently. I love the show anyways, but
1: You know what? This is completely not nearly as in depth as that, but I really want to rewatch the first season of Mandalorian now that we have a baby cuz it seems so different. And I feel like a lot of like parents watching that show, it's like I don't know. It's kind of neat because you have, like, the warrior person and they have this little baby they have to, like, take with them. So, I don't know. I just feel like I have a different perspective on it now. I, I mean, I have I'm a sure, different... I don't know. Everybody can understand Mandalorian, but I think I would just look at it differently now.
0: Yeah, I look at a lot of um, movies with babies in them or, like, things I read with babies in it. So much different, like, differently now because... Uh, <laughs> Everything is just different.
1: It is different. It actually is. It's crazy. Um, Yeah. So, now that I've gotten us completely off topic, I'll get us on topic again. Yeah. So, breastfeeding. Um, So, before you start talking about what it is like, what did you think it was going to be like? I mean, you were reading about it when you got pregnant, but...
0: You well, know. when I was pregnant, um, I heard a lot about, like, nipple trauma and bleeding and all that stuff. And so I was really nervous about all of that. And um, I have a friend, Amber, who uh, had kids herself and works with babies and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, it should not be painful. It's Like, if it's done right, it should not be painful. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just look up all the things about breastfeeding and how to make sure it's not painful. So, I look I watched a lot of videos on how to latch baby onto the breast. Um and that was my biggest concern, I guess. And then when Bennett came, I just did the things that they say, which is take their chin, like put the nipple up to their nose and like and then take their chin and put it up against the bottom of the nipple and shove them in your mouth and when I did all those things it worked out fine and um I actually collected colostrum which is really concentrated breast milk before your actual milk comes in before Bennett was born so I started like I used a manual pump to do that so that was like a very interesting experience and um it was cool cuz when you first see it coming out you're like, "Oh my gosh, there's breast milk coming out." Like, there's stuff coming out of my nipple. This is kind of cool. It's crazy how uh,
1: fast you can make it, too. Like,
0: yeah. And know. um and it only takes it took me a day by day 3 I could feel my breast being like full of milk. Like I knew my milk had come in day 3. And the whole first month It was just like I had no issues with supply. I was actually engorged. I felt kind of tender, and it was a relief putting the pump on. And uh, then by week six, my supply dropped significantly. Why did it drop again? Well, apparently at that time, you regulate as well. At Mm -hmm. the beginning, you oversupply to try to figure out, like, make sure baby gets what they need and try to figure out how much your baby needs, but then your body regulates the amount of supply that it produces based off of, I guess, what happened that first month or whatever. So I think that was part of it. Um, I think stress was another part of it. I was stressed out. Also, Bennett was going through like a growth spurt as well. So he was feeding a little bit more. So like all these things together kind of... Was a little mixture of being stressed out about my supply. And yeah,
1: and you use like what's the the brand of pump that you use again? The the portable. The Willow.
0: One? Yeah. The Willow. And yeah. That Willow one Go.
1: Two separate ones, and they connect to an app on your phone, right?
0: Yeah, and as I do love the portable pump because I mean you could go anywhere, you can put it on, no one even knows you're wearing it. Oh, I it's think they cool. do.
1: It's pretty. No, I've.
0: I've gone okay. I mean, if you know the size of my boot, you know what? There was this one time where I was wearing it, and Matt did not know I was wearing it. So
1: true. I mean, you know, if you throw a hoodie on over top, but if you're gonna wear like a tank top, you could definitely see the breast pumps. Well, of course. But think about how far the technology has come. It's pretty crazy that you can connect those to your telephone and it'll tell you stuff as you're doing it. You know what
0: I don't like about them though? What? They're heavy. So, they, like, unless you're wearing a really, really tight nursing bra, which I don't, like, who wants to wear a tight nursing bra? <laughs> Sully. Um, They just, like, you can't be as functional as you think you could be wearing them because they're heavy. So, they, like, weigh you down a little bit on your boobs. And if you move a certain way, then it just, it doesn't suction or it doesn't pump.
1: Yeah, that sounds really strange, actually. So you,
0: you, it's basically, I think it would be good for a mom that was going back to work at an office job where they're just sitting there all day. They could pump at their desk because they can continue to work instead of having to hide in like a pumping room, a breastfeeding room. Um, I think it's good for that situation, but as your main pump, I don't think it's good. Um, a but, good...
1: So what's the one you're using right now? What's that called?
0: It's called the Medela...
1: Well, the Medela brand—I think it's almost all hospital grade, anyways, isn't it?
0: Yeah, the Medela brand has a lot of a lot of uh, good reviews, and I mean, the hospitals use it. Shout out to Chelsea who lent me her her pump. Does she listen um, to
1: the podcast?
0: I think that she's listening. She to the will now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that thing but, is yeah. cool. It's pretty serious looking. Like whenever we watch the parts to that one. It's a lot more intricate and delicate, all the pieces, than the other um, pump we got uh, off Amazon. The other pump is, is cool. It's easy to wash, but we have to sterilize everything too. That's the other thing that you don't think about is there's so many things you have to hand wash, and then you have to run them under cold water, and then you have to put them in the sterilizer. Then they sterilize, then you take everything out. Then you have to hand dry them all off a paper towel because you can't use a cloth. And then you get to lay all the parts out and reassemble them. And then you have yeah. to do your regular chores that have. You're
0: co- constantly doing dishes. Like oh my God. And not know. even dishes that you eat off of. You're constantly doing pump parts and bottle parts. It's never ending. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we're also, our our baby has thrush, and so we give him medicine four times a day. Yeah, was... and every time we give him medicine, we use a a new syringe. I hate giving we don't... him the medicine, and uh, so we have to also clean syringes. It's just like it's never ending, and it can get so exhausting. So, you know, even though I'm even though I'm feeding Bennett and taking care of Bennett, behind the scenes, Matt is making sure my pump parts are dry and ready to go, and it's cleaning all the bottles. I offer.
1: No, it's fine. Yeah. That's the least I could do. I don't understand how women do this alone without a partner there. Like, it sounds crazy. I, I also don't know how they can just, I mean, it's awesome that they're strong enough to do this stuff, of course, but, like, not just, I don't know, 18 months being off work, and it's just really intense. Just what I've seen you going through with just one baby, like, I don't know. That's Marty, th-
0: open the door.
1: Oh, <laughs> I keep wondering that myself, like, how other moms have done all this in the past with so many kids, and especially, like, decades ago, like, even the 80s. Having I'm like... just
0: thinking about moms, like, from the 50s or whatever, and 80s, and, like, some moms now, where their husband goes to work all day, they make sure the house is clean, they, they cook the food, and they watch the kids. How did
1: they cook the food? And, like, like cleaning okay this is what i think about the cleaning i feel like when i'm on pat leave ben has his naps so and i'm kind of ocd about the cleaning anyways so i usually just i grab things as i'm going and clean up as i walk to the bathroom kind of thing because i'm have a problem like that but for a normal person i don't know how they're expected to keep up with vacuuming and dusting and cleaning the dishes and making meals and going to the grocery store and like that's not even including things like your vehicle and the outside and the inside of your house for maintenance uh and all your bills on top of that you have to make sure you're paying like rent and car insurance and mortgage stuff uh, you know it's it's gets it's so crazy how many layers of responsibility are crushed on top of you that I have no idea how people do it. Because I feel like we're pretty responsible with our finances and taking care of Bennett. And I still feel like we're operating on all cylinders at all times right now. So people are really good at doing stuff is what I'm getting at. It's And I have no... I, I'm just amazed that they're able to do as much as they can do. It's crazy. I don't know how they do it.
0: Multitask.
1: Yeah, I guess so. the name
0: of the game. But. What were we even talking about? Breastfeeding.
1: Right. So the funny thing about breastfeeding, I thought, number one, was, you know, because I'm a guy. I mean, not saying all guys are this dumb, but hmm. Uh, there's like more than one hole that the milk comes out of. There's like multiple holes in a nipple. I did not know that at all.
0: I didn't know that either. So I don't think it's a guy thing. I think it's just like. People, I didn't know that. I had
1: no idea. I mean, I probably sound absolutely redonkulous right now to people listening who have kids. They're like, you're an idiot. Of course. It... <laughs> but it's, I did not ever think of that. Did not know that. I always thought that was pretty crazy. That's the same feeling I got when I learned about morning sickness. Morning sickness, it's just sickness all day at any time.
0: Yeah, that's funny.
1: Why it's morning, I don't know. I...
0: Okay. <laughs> One thing about breastfeeding that um, was a little hard to adjust to was I felt like I had to wear a bra all the time because I would leak all the time. Oh. Um, so I always had to wear a bra with the pads. So I wore a bra to bed every night and it just got really annoying. Um, but <laughs> now, now that I'm like, don't care, I'm just like, meh not wearing a bra anymore. If it, if I leak, I leak, I'll just change my shirt. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I, that's, I think that's the same as, uh, you know, when you start things, you try to be prim and proper and do everything by the book, but a month in, you're just like, you know what? I know what works for me and what I can take care of and what I can't take care of.
0: Mm -hmm. It's
1: probably like that with everybody, with their babies, I guess, and all the responsibilities, like, it would be interesting if every parent, every new parent had their own podcast, and you you just heard everybody's opinion on what they're doing with everything, because uh, it's probably vastly different in all the little details. So it'll be well, funny for us to look back at this in like 10 years, I think.
0: There's things where you say, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, and then as you get into it and you understand your baby more and you understand your parenting style... And what works for you and doesn't work for you. You ended up changing and adapting. And you end up doing things you never thought you would do. And you end up not doing things you really wanted to do. Um, so it's just like whatever works for your family.
1: Yeah. Which brings us into the next topic. Well, same topic but different thing. Formula talk. Because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we did start to cut some formula into Bennett's breast milk because of the low supply at one point. We did buy a case of it, like just in case, which thank goodness we did. What's the stuff we bought, called in? Similac? Similac
0: Advanced Pro.
1: It was so expensive, holy shit.
0: Yeah, Bennett got sick and um, wasn't really feeding as much. And then also on top of that, I got really stressed out about Bennett being sick and so my supply dropped, and I ended up having to use the bags that I had put in the freezer to feed him. And as we were running out of them, I was like, okay, we're going to have to start supplementing with formula. And there's such a stigma against formula for some reason. Um, the hospitals, you'll see signs where it says breast is best, and I don't think it it's it's probably not what they're trying to do, but between that and like mom culture, like the toxic part of mom culture, yeah. people try to make you feel bad if you have to use formula or like you know, like you're not doing good enough or something. And the well, first day so I've heard that... the
1: opposite too though. I've heard people be like, "Well, Bennett wouldn't have gotten sick if he used formula." And it's like, "What?"
0: That doesn't no. make sense.
1: I know, I know, and it, but it's because people are just—they're not educated on it, and and it's weird people interjecting who have literally no background or experience in it, and they're like putting mm. their two cents in, like mm, should have done it this way, and it's like, but you don't—you've had you know experience like in it, you wouldn't know though.
0: So, My answer now to people who give unsolicited advice, which happens way more than you want it to, yeah, is. Well, this works for my family, so this is what we're going to be doing. Yeah. And it just shuts down the conversation because, you know, I don't really care what you think. Like, no. and there's plenty can... of
1: women who can't even breastfeed either. So, like, yeah.
0: You're and gonna throw but
1: shame at them.
0: Even though, like, we've done a lot of research, we know that formula is good for your baby, it's not a big deal. That there's still that sense of, not being enough or the guilt of not being able to provide for him or like feeling like a failure. Like all those things come at you in a wave. And that first night when we decided, okay, we need to cut the milk with formula. I was so upset. I cried for like a couple hours off and on. Do you remember that? I just like,
1: the thing is happening where we're like, I think, Things are so intense at certain times that I'm starting yeah. to forget them. Like, my brain is like, don't – you don't need that. Just – we'll leave that over here so you can keep moving forward.
0: Yeah. You know? And, yeah, it was it was awful. I felt so awful. I ended up crying myself to sleep that night. <laughs> See,
1: you wouldn't th- – I would never know that stuff about breastfeeding because, to me, all I knew – I'm 40 years old, almost 40 years old. And, to me, I didn't know – like you just think breastfeeding you see it in movies you see people doing it at the mall or the bus stop you don't think anything of it but even when i talked to a lady at my work she said that breastfeeding was a mind fuck, and now i understand what she means because watching what you had to go through it's just like i don't know it's it's taking so much out of you mentally and physically that I don't think there's anything quite like it that you can compare it to that I can think of. What do you think?
0: Yeah, no, it's just like it's a way of bonding with your baby that is that in a way you crave, like you it's it's a closeness. One of the closest things you can do with your baby is breastfeed. So it's something that you wanna do, but then also at the same time like you have to worry about your supply levels and you have to worry about like like if he's using you as comfort and he's using you to feed, then you get sore, but it's not because his latch isn't good, it's just cuz he's always on you.
1: I what about the, Okay, I know I mentioned this before, I think in the first episode, but I still can't believe that I was soother shamed. It's like you can't mm-hmm. expect the mom to just be the soother whenever the baby needs a soother. Like, I don't know. I think that's crazy. Like, absolutely People are going nuts. to
0: shame you about everything that you do with your child. Apparently. You just have to realize that that's, like I said, this is what works for my family, so this is what I'm going to do. Just yeah. say that over and over again. I do. That is that is my, like, thing that I say now. <laughs> Man. Um, There's but so many that things. First...
1: I never, just never thought it would be like that. I thought everybody would be helpful in giving advice, but instead they're just judging you.
0: It's awful. Yeah. Um, like a girl I was talking to, she's pregnant right now. And, uh, we were talking about labor and delivery and she's like, oh, I want to have a natural birth. And I was like, do you mean an unmedicated birth? Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, kinda. And I was like, yeah.
1: Somebody else told me they were, I forget who, but they said they were going to have a, you know, an unmedicated birth. And they were like, oh, but, you know, if it gets too hairy in the middle, I'll just switch to the drugs. And I was like, can't really do that. Um, can you? I mean, like- you
0: can, but you take the risk of your anesthesiologist being busy in an, in the OR. Yeah,
1: that's what I mean. Like, you can't just, because it's so serious to have that put into your back, right?
0: But there's also other types of pain relief. Like, you can get morphine, fentanyl. You can get um, really? laughing gas, things like that. You can get... You don't. epidural is not the only option. That's so. the
1: main one, though, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's, I guess so, yeah. But honestly, like, I don't even, I don't mind if people, like, if people are like, I want to have an unmedicated birth. I'm like, you go, girl. Like, it's very empowering to give birth and be able to do it unmedicated. Like, if you can handle that, like, that's great. It's The issue I have is when people call it natural versus unnatural birth.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: That's fine. Anyways, back to breastfeeding.
1: Well, that kind of was about breastfeeding. I didn't know that you could still get a, um, the, what is it called again? The thing on your back? Epidural. Epidural, sorry. Um, I didn't know you could still get it once you went into, you know, because if you're so far into labor and you start to, you can't get it while you're pushing, right? Like, that's it.
0: No, but you can get it when you're, uh... Very dilated. You can get it up until I think right before you start pushing or something.
1: So once you start but pushing though, I think that's like pretty much like it, end. right? Like you're already yeah. in the I don't know for sure, but I didn't think that you could. You're in the
0: deep end then. Yeah,
1: they're not gonna like <laughs> try to put a Maybe they can't. I actually have no idea. I just assume you couldn't because shit got so real at that point. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know anything. That's why we're doing baby chats. You're yeah. telling me stuff. I'm just the dude wearing the capsule core pad. So, nipple sizes for bottles and nipple shields. What are your thoughts about nipple shields, Cora? Because I thought that it would be good, but it seems like a little too much of a barrier.
0: Yeah, I didn't like it. Bennett didn't like it. He used to get frustrated, I think, at them. Um, definitely was not a fan, personally. But they're great for... You know, women who need them. And I think if your baby gets used to them, then it's no big deal. But trying to get them on, too, is a little difficult. Uh, yeah, it seemed
1: like they kept popping off, even though we looked at... We even Googled, like, it was funny. We were like, there must be a way to put these on properly. It's like, now they're just nipple shields. Come on. Then we Googled it, and it's like, place them on this way at this orientation. And we were like, oh, shit. Okay. But they still were popping off because it's just yeah. suction that's holding them on, right?
0: Yeah. Basically. It's I hated it. I was really glad when they gave me cream to put on my nipples so I didn't have to put the nipple shield on. And what do We you th- were using we were using nipple shields because I had thrush on my nipples and Bennett also had thrush so we were trying not to give it to each other and so we wanted to use the nipple shield but I ended up getting um, a cream instead. So that was good.
1: We'll get into the thrush talk in about 5 minutes. Um
0: or maybe next episode, because that's a big, big topic.
1: Yeah, well, we're still ongoing, so it would be worth talking a little bit about and then doing an update on the next one, because
0: yeah,
1: it's been a long... That's been our only big issue, this whole pregnant, not pregnancy, the whole birth is thrush, which is crazy. I told somebody about that the other day, who said they were pregnant, and I was like, look out for thrush. And I think I freaked them out, like... But I want them to be aware, you know, Um, because something we didn't think would even be a big deal has been our biggest deal for like four months. This is crazy. Um, Anyway, totally sidetracked you. Um, I didn't know there were different nipple sizes for bottles.
0: Speaking of breastfeeding or breast, I'm actually leaking right now. (laughs) Oh. Yeah.
1: Do you want us to do an intermissions and we can get... Some breast pads. Yeah, for yeah, you. I'm leaking okay. like quite a bit. It might okay. be worth
0: it to pump right now. Oh, actually.
1: Okay, intermission.
0: Okay, okay, and we're back. Yeah, we. Uh, it's the next day, and uh, we had to cut it off yesterday because after I was done pumping, Bennett woke up and I needed to tend to him, and at that point it was late, and so we decided to take a break and come back the next day and. That's a big reason why we don't really do baby chats episodes that often is a lot of the times, by the time we get some time to ourselves in the evenings, we end up being really tired or just not in the mental space to, to talk about anything.
1: Yeah. It's funny you say that because somebody mentioned the other day, they were amazed, like how they were like, how do you guys do a podcast about your new baby? Like, how do you have time? We didn't have time. And I'm like, do you realize we're talking about like maybe an hour once every two or three weeks that we we've combined segments too. We could only record for like 15 minutes, like once every couple of days. So it is hard. <laughs> like It's pretty yeah. hard to do, but it kind of keeps us sane since we're kind of trapped at home here with the baby, not trapped, but like we put ourselves in it, but yeah, sorry. Continue. Corey. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, now that Bennett is, semi on a routine we we're getting a routine down fine until he hit his four month regression um yeah but having him be on a routine makes him a little bit more predictable and we also learned about having a nighttime routine which puts Bennett to sleep at seven thirty eight rather than putting him to sleep at 10 30 11 so that gives us a little bit of time in the evening so hopefully you'll see more frequent baby chat episodes
1: my gosh there was a night like a week ago or so where we were like having such a rough time that I forget what book it is but a lady at my work got it for me and what is that book called it's like all statistics uh I can't remember I'll put it in the description or something but yeah it's all about statistics and we're reading about the um what was that orphanage we were like freaking ourselves over. the
0: Romanian we, orphanage?
1: Yeah, where they left the kids there for like, God knows how long. I think it was like a year. Babies stayed in their cribs for. And that's where the crying it out thing, uh, you know, the, the evidence of leaving the child in a crib for that long can do crazy psychological damage, obviously. But yeah, apparently they got a lot of that, the statistical information uh, from that. So we were just. Going through this book, we stumbled across that, and we were like, Jesus, oh my.
0: Anyway, yeah, it's hard.
1: That's a completely different story for another time. but
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that when we talk about uh, baby sleep and sleep regressions and things like that. We're going to do a whole episode on that.
1: Yeah, because you can anyways, freak yourself out reading stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Back to breastfeeding and pumping.
1: Right. So what do you have to say about feeding in public? Because some people don't look kindly upon that i remember uh you know somebody mentioned to me they were shocked that you were breastfeeding one of our the first episode you didn't see anything but you know they were like oh wow and i'm like i didn't think anything of it i thought that that was normal you know but yeah what do you think what are your what's your opinion
0: um for the most part i'm just like if you have an issue with it then go pound sand as your mom would say yeah (laughs) but there are moments it really depends on where I am and the confidence I have in that moment because a lot of times Bennett will be overtired and his hunger cues are sometimes really similar to his overtired cues and a lot of the time I I breastfeed him to fall asleep so sometimes I'll latch him and he'll suck like one or two and then he'll come off and just scream Yeah, And so that makes me self-conscious about breastfeeding in public. But before he started doing that, because that's a very new thing that he's been doing, um, I was just would do it anywhere. Like, I didn't care. And you can also... There's also some hacks about keeping yourself covered without using, like, a sheet. So one of the hacks that I saw off of TikTok was instead of using a um, breastfeeding, like, a nursing bra, you would get a nursing camisole and then you would get a either a button up shirt or a crop top or something, something you can either uh, unbutton from the bottom and then like kind of hoist open or a crop top that you could just lift up, undo your nursing camisole on one side and then your whole stomach is covered still and your top half is covered so no one sees anything. Um, because maternity and nursing clothing are very expensive, so that's mm. kind of a way where you can take your normal clothes and turn them into nursing clothes. Um, and that gave me more confidence breastfeeding in public. Um, it's funny that you say that because I went to mom brunch a couple of days ago, and we were talking about breastfeeding in public. And one of my mom friends, she said that at one point the three of us had gone to the mall and I breastfed Bennett in front of like just in the food court. And she said after seeing me breastfeeding Bennett in public, it gave her more confidence to try breastfeeding in public cuz before she would be a little bit nervous about it. Yeah. But seeing me just be like, I don't give a shit and just doing it, yeah. It gave her a lot more confidence as well. So, it's that too made me bad feel a though bit.
1: about you know people being scared to do it cuz there's just so many either people some people are like offended by it for some reason. Like they're so like funny, I know it's like, you're literally breastfeeding a baby. I don't know. It's so innocent. And like, I, I don't know. But other people are like weird about it because they are strange about like public nudity or something. But again, you're breastfeeding a baby. And there's also just strange people in general mm-hmm. who are like a predatory kind of shit. And, uh, It's just so strange, you know, I hope that someday, you know, everybody everywhere can just breastfeed in public and there's no problem because there shouldn't be a problem. It's really weird. People are really weird. You know, that's all I have to say about that.
0: I don't know if I've been lucky or, or what, but I've never come across a single person giving me a dirty look. Maybe I just wasn't looking or even no one has ever said anything to me, um, I've never really had any issues. I did once, I went to Jack Astor's with my sister to have nachos and we brought Bennett with us. And I do remember there was a group of like six men sitting together. It looked like they were doing some sort of like work lunch or something. Yeah. And I was breastfeeding Bennett and I'm a people watcher. So I just like, I'm always looking around my environment to like watch people. And I looked over there and I made eye contact with one of the guys and he got so embarrassed looking. He like he looked like he was in his early twenties, so like Yeah,
1: you know. that's what I mean. It's like something that should be different. You know? It's like Star Trek. They just in the future at some point they just won't have monetary I mean this is like an optimistic thing, but like there's just so much stupid shit that people get caught up on. It doesn't even matter. It's like facts of life. And we're just so dumb about things still. I mean, it's getting better, I guess. But like, Jesus, I don't know. Anyways. It's
0: it's funny because when you end up having a kid, something, something I, like I was always the type of person who didn't feel confident, you know, being nude or like being anything like that in public. So, but then once you have a baby and things change so much. I mean, more people have seen my boobs in the last three months than ever in my entire life because you go to see a lactation consultant and when Bennett gets his needles, you, uh, I breastfeed him when he gets his needles and like just all these different scenarios that gets people seeing my boobs all the time. And like up close and personal with a lactation consultant, it's kind of funny, actually.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I don't even think about it anymore because it just seems like it happens every day. And without being a parent, you don't really understand that, I don't think. I don't think people who aren't... I mean, I'm sure you can read about it and yada yada yada. But once you're experiencing it with your partner, it's like a different kind of story. You can't really explain it, but you don't really... Yeah. Your brain just switches wavelengths and you don't really... You can't go back to the way you thought before about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, it is what it is, you know? I don't know. Yeah, um,
0: and when I see other parents you know, just in the mall or in just normal public spaces, I look at them so differently now. Um, like I'll see someone in our in the mall who has a baby probably similar age to Bennett, and the first thing I think about it is maybe their kid and Bennett will be in elementary school together. True. You never know. There's a chance. And just little things like that. Or like I'll see a mom in the mall, and I'll be like, I wonder if she knows about Maggie's place. Yeah, just
1: I wish we could do a thing with Maggie's place, maybe sometime in the future after we have like 40 episodes. So, you know, we look like we kind of know stuff, which I mean, it's all just our opinions, but it's still something, you know, we're bringing some uh, attention to it. Um. So pumping schedules are pretty crazy because we've been really tired sometimes. Well, you've been more tired than me because you're literally breastfeeding and keeping a human alive, but, um, it's really hard sometimes when you don't have any time left at the end of the day, you're like, still get a pump, still have to do that. Or there won't be milk in the fridge if something, mm-hmm. you know, cause if there's an emergency and you're not there for some unknown reason, then Bennett has no milk and you can get formula and stuff, but you know, um, what do you have to, th- to say about pumping schedule? How is that working for you?
0: At the beginning, I had a very strict pumping schedule um, just because I was trying to increase my supply because I wanted to have a stash in the, fr- in the freezer as well as maintain what I was giving to Bennett every day. So I was waking up in the middle of the night pumping. I would be trying to pump during the day when I was alone with Bennett, which was really hard. Mm-hmm. And before I knew about power pumping... I would pump, uh, for like five hours in the evening once every hour. And so it became a lot. And, uh, on top of that, I'm breastfeeding Bennett. So there's constantly having something is going on, you know, with, with breastfeeding or pumping and it was exhausting and cleaning pump parts. Cause not only are you pumping, but you have to clean your parts, sterilize them and pump all over again. So it's just an endless cycle. It's crazy, isn't it? It is, but I went and saw a lactation consultant and she taught me about power pumping. Power pumping is when you pump for 20 minutes, you take a 10 minute break, pump for 10 minutes, take a 10 minute break and pump for 10 minutes. So it's a total of 60 minutes where you're off and on pumping, but it's supposed to mimic um, cluster feeding. So it signals to your body that you need to produce more milk. And I also joined um, like a breastfeeding group on Facebook with like 60,000 women from around the world. And some of these women exclusively pump or some of them are trying to build a supply and stuff. So one thing I learned from them, because my lactation consultant told me to pump once, three times a week, once a day uh, in this power pump. But what some of these other women are doing, they're doing it every single day, hmm. twice a day. So they'll do a power pump in the morning and a power pump in the evening. And some of these women have like 2000 ounces of a stash in their fridge. It's crazy. Or in their freezer. I'm like kind of jealous, honestly, but they're
1: ready for the apocalypse, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, a lot of women have to go back to work Sooner in Uh, other countries, because their maternity leave isn't as long. That's crazy.
1: I don't even know. See, that's... The more I learn about things, and I know I'm just burnt, and I don't know, because I'm... I don't know. I'm just your typical dude. Um, Yeah. We don't know these things, but, like, there should be more support for new moms and new families, like, a lot more support, and it's disappointing... You know, it's going to be 2024, literally, in like, you know, two hours. And I, I just can't believe it, that moms are expected to go back to work that early. And they don't have any kind of plan B or plan C. Like, it's just you have to go back to work or you won't have a job. Or you won't have money to pay your mortgage. And, you know, it's really weird. I don't know how they're expected to do that. I know that women have done it in the past, but that's no excuse for it to continue in the future you know?
0: Absolutely. I completely agree. There's not enough support for women postpartum in a lot of areas, including um, maternity pay in a lot of countries, postpartum support when it comes to mental health, postpartum support when it comes to physical health, and then even support with breastfeeding. I'm lucky because in my town that I live in, the lactation consultant is free, but if you were to get lactation help in, in Halifax, for example, you're paying over a hundred dollars a session, and so that means that we would have paid over five hundred dollars so far because I've seen this lady a couple times, and she also, um, they have a program where they rent out, this Symphony Medela pump.
1: Thank goodness. And that's a
0: f- yeah, and that's a four thousand dollar pump.
1: That is crazy. Either-
0: yeah, and so, and they rent it out for free and they give you all of the kit and everything that you need. And um, in other places, cause I know Halifax doesn't have this Medela Symphony pump. So you'd have to rent it from the pharmacy and the rental fee in Truro at least is $60. And then the first time you rent it, you have to buy the kit, which are all the accessories that attach to your body. So they can't re-rent those out because it's like a hygiene issue. The kit itself is seventy five ninety nine, plus tax. So you're paying like almost two hundred dollars, yeah, or at least a hundred and fifty for a one month rental of this thing.
1: And you're a new that, parent, and you're not at work. How are you supposed to do I, yeah. these things?
0: And I don't know. It's just, and a lot of the time, um, people have issues because they are not really informed or something, or and then. A lot of the times these people also don't have the money to pay for these rentals like you just mentioned. And so they're stuck in a rock and a hard place of whether or not they should continue to breastfeed because it causes you stress when your supply drops. It's really cool to see that the change in your breast milk. Not only does it change in color, but it also changes in fat content. When Bennett was first born and for the first three months of his life, my milk was very fatty. When you put breast milk in the fridge, the fat raises to the top and the water goes to the bottom. And so you can see how much fat is in your milk. But by the fourth month, I noticed that there was very little fat in my breast milk. And at first I was very concerned, but I asked a couple of my mom friends and they said that that's that's normal. Um, so it's just really cool to see. And I also noticed that when Bennett was really sick, my breast milk was a little bit yellow and not as white. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It must've been something in the milk to help him because your breast milk changes also if your baby is sick and has like some sort of healing antibody. That's so crazy. Yeah.
1: That's nuts. The more I learn about all this, the more I'm like, what the hell? It's so cool. And also bizarre.
0: It's really cool because when a baby is feeding off of you, some of their saliva actually goes into your breast. Really? And helps signal to your body about what it needs to, to make.
1: Whoa, that is crazy.
0: It is so cool. And I just, like, I love breastfeeding because I feel like, especially at night, like, when we're cuddling on, and I'm breastfeeding him. I just feel like there's like a closeness with him. And uh, it just, it, I feel for the moms who are unable to breastfeed. Some moms uh, just
1: don't want to breastfeed either, even if they can. Yeah,
0: you know? which is like totally up to them because it is so much work. Yeah. It exhausts you. So I can 1000% understand why someone would not want to breastfeed. Uh, at one point I even thought to myself, is this even worth it? Just cause of all the pumping on top of breastfeeding. Um, but it's the, for the women who want to breastfeed, but can't, I just, my heart goes out to them. I actually was talking to one of my mom friends today and I found out that she spent the first three months of her baby's life pumping every two hours to try to bring her milk supply up. She went and saw multiple lactation consultants she power-pumped every day, but she just couldn't get it up. She was only producing five ounces a day. Wow. And so she had to give it up. And I think that um, that, on top of everything else that affects your postpartum mental health, I think that would be such a big thing to go through, and my heart just goes out to her.
1: Yeah, and this kind of goes all the way around back to the beginning where I mentioned... um a lady I work with said it was a mind fuck breastfeeding and it really seems to be and you know somebody like me just some regular dude just you know blah it's weird because we don't it's not even that we don't read about this to know about it it's just we don't we're so oblivious you know to what else is going on with this stuff that it's been a real eye opener like learning all this and I definitely like you know, have, it's, it's like a respect that I, it's weird. I can't even like word it because it's so intense, intensive and important, the jobs that moms are doing, um, for their babies. And it's like a crazy pressure that I'll never know. Uh, so, you know, hats and off. Even
0: if no one is actually outright coming out right and pressuring you about it, mm mm-hmm. You yourself have such a high standard for your the way you want to be for your baby that it's almost like you are the one who's guilting yourself yeah. if something doesn't work out. Even though everyone around you is saying it's fine, like, do whatever you have to do. Like, for example, as I had mentioned earlier in this episode, um, we supplemented with formula. And that first night when I came to the... Like, I came to terms with the fact that we were using formula. My, I just cried so much because I felt like a failure, hmm. but I'm not. I mean, lots of moms do it, yes. and it's more common than, than people have realized. And also, there's nothing wrong with formula. It, I was just no. in my head, you know?
1: That's why when we sell the posters at the hospital where it's like, breast is the best, it's like, that's great. But, like, you can't just have that there in public, it puts a weird pressure on other mothers that, you know, or like a guilt if they can't do it. it, I don't know. Like, I just find that stuff kind of weird that it's able to be, you know, happening and on the wall. I'm just surprised. I'm so surprised by some things uh, because they seem really like Not really, like, considering all angles. That's why I think the support groups are good that you join, because all the other mother's opinions are in there.
0: It's funny that you brought that up, because today I was reading the bottle of a formula, because the last couple days I've been going out to help Bennett get accustomed to being with Dad. So I've been pumping, but I've been, like, kind of slacking on the pumping, so I've been cutting the pumped milk with formula the last couple days... And I read the bottle. I was reading the bottle because I wanted to figure out um, how long an open bottle of formula can be sitting in the fridge for. Yeah. And on the bottle, it literally says, breast is best for your baby, period. Really? Yeah.
1: But it's a formula. I know. I was like, that's
0: weird that that's on there.
1: I think that, okay, this is what I'm assuming. The poster at the hospital, this is breast is best. The message on the bottle, breast is best. I think that they're just assuming whoever's using the formula, um, like it's aimed at the person who could breastfeed, but they're choosing not to,
0: I guess. But at the same time, that's their decision about their body. Yeah. So
1: Man, that's fuck confusing. Off. <laughs> that's really confusing. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Maybe somebody can leave in the comments section. and Yeah. Because I don't know. And that's the other thing. Like, we're not saying we know it all or our opinion is our opinion and that's it. Like, we're just getting our, what we know right now at this exact time out there. So, you know, 80 episodes from now, we can go back and be like, hey, remember that breastfeeding stuff? We learned this and this and this since then. I just think it's kind of a cool snapshot each podcast of what we think at this time, so and no. Yeah,
0: these are only our experiences. Of course, people have different experiences, and a lot of people have a lot more knowledge on this than we do. Yeah, we're just trying to figure out what we're doing. Um, and, and it's we're changing it day by day. Yeah, it's yeah. it's
1: changing every month. Like Bennett, only let me put him to sleep for almost a month and a half. And now he doesn't even let me put him to sleep, and Cora has to put him to sleep. And I'm assuming it'll—I know—I'm assuming it'll (laughs) things will just change, like huge changes like that constantly, or we'll we'll learn something crazy new again, you know, a week later or a month later, that'll affect our opinion of everything else we've learned so far. So this is all just just opinion.
0: Even in the last week, Bennett went from like making coos here and there to full on telling us stories yeah. via babbling. And
1: touching our face. He grabs my face constantly now. It's hilarious.
0: He doesn't grab my face. Isn't that weird?
1: It's only mostly when he wakes up and he's like like this, like looking up at me and I'll go over top of him and I'm like, oh, hello baby. Like, how are you doing? And he'll go or he'll I'll grab my hair face. and he'll like reach here Or, like, like he'll squeeze my nose. Like, he's feeling my face. And I'm looking at him, and he's smiling and just looking all around at me. And I'm like, this is so weird, but it's really cool.
0: (laughs) It's so funny because Matt's off for the next couple days. So um, I'll wake him up to come and get Bennett in the morning. And as soon as Matt comes into the room... Like, Bennett's not smiling at all. He's just looking at me and looking around and just, like, being an awake baby. And I'm like, okay, I guess i got to call Matt now. So I got him to come upstairs. And um, as soon as he walks into the room, Bennett just lights up. It's because we're
1: buddies. He's my Yeah, dude. you and
0: him. Well, you play with him a lot, especially on your days off. Like, that's your main job with Bennett is being the play guy. I love so he playing with Bennett.
1: It's so fun.
0: Yeah, he knows as soon as you walk in the room, you're taking him to go play. And he gets so excited. He's so excited when he sees you.
1: Well, I'm glad. I just want him to be comfortable. My main objection with Ben, Bennett, Ben Kenobi, um, (laughs) is uh, that he's just comfortable. So we don't ever have to feel like... I don't want him to ever feel like he doesn't... He can't talk to me about anything, you know? I don't... Yeah. You know, that's my biggest thing is I don't want him to ever be... Nervous about asking me my opinion of something, or him telling me something that happened to him, or one of his friends. You know, I like to play with Bennett, but I want to make sure that he knows that we're really good. You know, we're like
0: this yeah,
1: my thing. And hey, that's he fell where we'll asleep on the you podcast. the other day. Yeah, he did that for the first time in a long time. But yeah, yeah, we should end there. So, because I feel like it's gonna be. 2024 soon i'm just looking at the clock because we're recording this on new year's eve um but yeah so well we're
0: not sure what the next episode will be yet but stay tuned follow us on instagram if you want updates on the next episode and when it's coming out and yeah do you have any final
1: thoughts cora any anything crazy you want to add
0: all i want to say is that
1: breast is best Just kidding, (laughs) just kidding. A
0: a fed baby is a happy baby, period.
1: True, can't argue there. Okay, well, this is us signing off, Baby Chats, episode three.